Blog Talk Radio. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. As soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the 4th of Greetings and good day to you. Welcome to the Vigilant American, brought to you by the McQueeny Gun Club and Benelli Firearms. Get on over to the McQueeny Gun Club. Beautiful indoor ranges, everything you need, gunsmithing, sales, service, gear, classes. You want it, we've got it at the McQueeny Gun Club. And while you're there, check out our beautiful line of Benelli Firearms, beautiful, gorgeous shotguns. You have not seen a shotgun like a Benelli shotgun. You will enjoy just looking at it. If you enjoy craftsmanship and the blending of craftsmanship and technology, check out the Ethos line of Benelli shotguns over at the McQueenie Gun Club. Hey, speaking of our intro, our guest today, his dad still serves in the Army, but because I see him pretty routinely, he has not lost any of his eyes, but he is an active duty member of the United States Army, Colonel Eric Newland. His son, Eddie, Edward Eddie Newland, is going to join us on the show today. I call him Eddie. Uh, and uh, he's going to talk about the campus carry, which, of course, uh, big news uh, this week out of um, the Texas A&M University system, uh, Dateline, Dallas Morning News, out of Austin, Texas, on the 13th of April. Concealed handguns will be allowed in classrooms and dormitories on every Texas A&M University campus beginning August 1st, according to the system's campus carry proposal released this past Wednesday. Sounds simple enough. It's not. No rule proposed by any Texas A&M system member prohibits a licensed holder from carrying a concealed handgun in classrooms or residential facilities owned and operated or leased and operated by the institution, the system's new campus carry information page states. We might link to that if you want to check that. Um, basically, uh, you know, the, the law went into effect, uh, goes into effect August 1st, and of course, private colleges have been able to opt out of it, and our buddies up in Austin naturally um, are opposed to anybody taking care of themselves. And so, uh, but we wanted to speak to somebody that goes to uh, Texas A&M uh, System University, and so we're going to do that. Eddie Newland is, I believe, a freshman. We'll find out in just a second um, at Texas A&M Galveston campus. And so we're going to talk about, you know, what are the attitudes on campus? They, there's obviously, you know, I look at the comments and stuff, and there's still a lot of people who have sort of that cliched reaction to this. Oh, well, it's just going to be college students, you know, shooting every time they get a bad grade on a test. Just the same argument they had when we got concealed carry way back uh, when, after the Luby's massacre up in Colleen. And so um, it's a pretty pretty standard reaction, but it is progress. I will say it is progress. There are some stipulations, you know, maybe 21 or an honorably discharged veteran. Um, if you're 19, I don't know how you can be honorably discharged at 19. I guess if you, if you went in and you got injured or something, most people join them when they're 17 or 18. But anyway, um, we're looking forward to speaking with Eddie Newland, and we're going to do it all right after this. 
campus at Texas A&M Galveston. His name is Eddie Newland. Hey, Eddie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? So nice to have you on the show. So for folks who don't know you uh, as well as Eddie, tell us uh, what you're majoring in, what year you're in, and uh, where you're joining us from this morning. Okay, so I'm a, yeah, I'm a freshman at A&M Galveston, and uh, in the fall of uh, this year, actually, I'm going to I'm switching to the uh, main campus in College Station, and I'm going to be majoring in, uh, I actually switched my major, I'm majoring in philosophy, and I've, I actually want to go on to law school after after this, so this is all, these all these topics are very interesting to me. Well, yeah, and that's a great, that's a great way to go. I noticed uh, presently you'd been doing, uh, was it um, oceanography or something? I noticed you did a lot of diving. I was, yeah, like I was that. doing, uh, yeah, it was, it was like a marine science, marine biology type thing. And I'm st- I think I'm still going to switch and do the uh, do a minor in the biology or something like that. That's true. You could you could be a maritime lawyer. You get all kinds of lawyers out there. So yes, but no. If you're if you're interested in going to um to law school, certainly a great great thing to consider. I know you you make a very very good lawyer. You got a very very clear thinking mind. But let's talk about this a little bit. You you obviously attend uh, Texas A&M campus. Let me ask you first of all. Um, first and foremost, when you're on campus, do you generally feel safe as you're just walking uh, around I, doing I, your everyday kind of? I definitely feel safe, um, and it's not because it's not because you know there's police everywhere and that there's the you know uh, buttons everywhere that I can push and and the cops will be there in five minutes, that kind of thing. You know, I feel safe. The community of of A and M is definitely um, it's very it's very uh, you know, it's it's just a, you feel safe when you're around everybody. There's not a whole lot of people that you would just feel unsafe around, and, and the professors are definitely uh, they very they you know you'll see them walking around and they'll come and talk to you. We'll sit down and have lunch with a professor. So it's very close. I know as for Galveston, I'm not sure about College Station, but it's a very close knit community, and so yeah, pretty much everybody feels safe, and. I think part of that is the the attitude. You know that there's a few people walking around with a gun, and even before this law passed, there was the we were allowed to have. Um, if you were 21, and you had a, a concealed handgun license, you could have a gun on the campus, but you couldn't bring it into the the buildings or the classrooms, which again right. is kind of pointless. And so that's why this new law was proposed <laughs> because what are the people going to do? They're just going to leave their gun in the bushes outside the building and. Exactly. No. <laughs> bushes. I wasn't really, and it's even worse. You know, I think there was a situation. I don't think it might have been the more recent shooting in Oregon, where somebody inside they had their they had their weapon with them, but I honestly think they kind of locked up and and to be perfectly candid about it, kind of chickened out and uh, didn't respond. They said they were afraid that the police would think they were the shooter. I've not ever been in an on-campus active shooter situation, so I probably shouldn't judge, but you're absolutely right. I don't I don't understand. What I, what, I, what I said in the intro, it sounds pretty simple. Hey, if you're over the age of 21 or some of the other stipulations, you can bring a, a weapon, a handgun on campus, but when I looked at the interactive map there on the Dallas Morning News, there are lots and lots of stipulations. You can't have it in a lab. You can't have it in certain dormitories. Some dormitories are leased and not owned by the Texas A&M system, and so the landlord gets to make their own rules about that. Um, I know the knuckleheads up in Austin want to prevent you from being able to bring it into a professor's office. 
And I just, again, what's the point? What are you going to do, leave it out in the hallway? You know, if you're going to speak to your professor? It doesn't make sense. When you hear that kind of stuff, it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. Now, when you talk to your friends, I mean, obviously you belong to a generation with um, what is easily the the most uh, numerous communicative mediums ever in, in American history with the social media and the texting and the cell phone and the FaceTime and all that stuff. But I'm sure you also talk to people um, in conversation. What would you say? And I know that A&M is a bit more conservative for the most part than maybe the UT campuses. Um, but what is the attitude of your fellow students? Is it, is it kind of split? Is it mixed? What are you getting from your, your experiences talking to fellow students about this? So there's definitely a wide range of, of, of uh, opinions towards uh, every issue, especially this one, but I'd say the vast majority of students uh, fully support gun rights, and they understand, you know, they understand the importance of guns as a self-defense tool, and that it's not just, you know, a big, bad, scary weapon to go and shoot people. They understand that right. it is a tool just like any other, and um, of course, you know, there's still the students that are very anti-gun that think that we need to check in our guns with the police, and we need to, you know, Oh, if you need your gun to go hunting, you can go check it out of this building, and they they don't understand mm-hmm. that the Second Amendment wasn't for hunting, um, right? That kind of thing. But I'd say the majority of students are are very pro gun. There's a lot of hunters on our campus, especially. So, pretty much, uh, you know, there's a large number of students that have that have guns. Not we're not allowed to keep them in our rooms, unfortunately, but we we're allowed to keep them in our cars, and so they have you know guns in their trucks or whatever, and. There's definitely a bunch of people walking around with concealed handguns. I, I know that. I know um, you said earlier, and this was something that they had even, yes, even when I was in college, they had these I know it probably sounds like a long time ago to you since you weren't born, uh, but I went to the University of Texas at San Antonio back in the early 1990s. And you mentioned those things, those buttons that you could press, and like a big light would go off, and then the police would show up, you said, in five minutes. And I just I was just noting that um, right when you started answering that last question, you had been talking for five minutes. And just think about if if, if you were so inclined, and I know you're not, but in a one of the larger pit style auditoriums, if somebody ran in there with a, a handgun or a a, a rifle, um, they can do a lot of damage in five minutes, can't they? They can. And there's this there's this idea that. Um, well, you know, if you stand up and you shoot the shooter, well, then the cops might think that you're the, you know, you're the bad guy. There's this whole myth, right? Well, it doesn't, it does, it falls apart when you consider the fact that the police, they are going to take five to ten minutes, you know, probably more, maybe 15 minutes to show up. By that time, you're going to have your gun already holstered. You know, you're going to, you're going to have shot the guy if you're successful, and and then you're going to go up and talk to the cops and say, hey, yeah, you know, this is what, obviously not very calm, but you're going to be. The, the cops are not going to be there right as you're pulling out the gun shooting the guy and if they are they can notify they can obviously see that you're not right. the you know, you're not the intruder so the whole notion that this whole notion of well they might think you're the bad guys is just i think it's just a, a very weak argument against students having guns well i've i've felt that the arguments against the the right to carry or what they call now ltc license to carry uh, are all very weak but it does you know you talked about philosophy you want to major in philosophy and it is honestly a philosophical difference that makes its way into the debate over gun ownership and carrying 
guns. There is a philosophy that says, um, my name, Jason or, or Eddie, we're going to protect ourselves. We're going to rely on ourselves for our own personal protection. There, believe it or not, Eddie, there are a lot of people in your generation and in mine for that matter who say, no, that's the purpose of government. The purpose of government is to take care of you and provide you safety. Uh, but that, that argument absolutely 100% falls apart when you think about these situations. And it's not going to take long for the bad guys to figure out which campuses have them and which campuses don't and or, or what places where they're going to find students that, that aren't going to be armed. When I think about the West Virginia shooting, I forgot how many – People died in that one, um, but I mean, it, it's it's insane that you know uh, this little goofy guy, who either one of us could have taken in a few seconds, just walked around just shooting people, and had there just been somebody with even a 22 or a 32 revolver or just something to change the dynamic of that situation, it wouldn't be. And of course, what they do now, they lock everything down and they tell you to stay in place, which is maybe the worst advice that you can get in a situation like that. Your, your, your folks that are not in favor of this, maybe some of the students you know, is it just based upon they're not, they've not been around guns their whole life? Or they, do you think it's a more of a philosophical thing that Americans shouldn't have the right to protect themselves individually? I, th- I think it's a combination of both. A lot of the people I know that are anti-gun are definitely have probably never shot a gun. They're, they have never been around guns their whole life. They, they, don't, they don't understand, really. They don't understand a single thing about guns. And uh, then, then there's the other part of it, which is they really do think that it is just the government's job to protect us. Even even if you explain to them that the government's going to take 15 minutes to show up and protect you, and after that you're probably going to either be dead or some of your friends are going <laughs> to be dead. Even if you exactly. explain, you can explain all these things to them, and they still they still say, well, the fact that we have guns on campus is the reason why these shootings occur. And of course, usually the shootings are never from the students themselves, there's usually some guy who walks on campus with, you know, an illegally purchased gun, of course, and does these things. And, um, yeah, nothing's going to stop the guy with the illegally purchased gun from walking on campus, except for these kinds of laws like campus carry, which definitely are going to deter a lot of criminals from walking on to A&M, I can tell you that. Well, I'm I'm sure it does change that dynamic. That's why I'm saying the bad guys are just going to figure out, okay, well, we'll go – um, I, the one, the question I always ask people is, how many, um, how many people that you care about would have to be shot in one of these active shooter situations for you to change your position on this? And of course, I always use the example. Uh, I modified it a bit for somebody that had um, commented on one of your friends' posts about this. You know the usual, uh, we don't need guns. Why does everyone in Texas need a gun? And it's like, okay, somebody walks into your classroom, shoots the professor, and starts methodically shooting everybody in the classroom. You're sitting in the back of the class. The guy stops to reload. If there's somebody sitting next to you with a, a handgun, at least you've got a fighting chance. And what amazes me, Eddie, is people that, that don't support this, their attitude is like, well, I guess it was just meant to be. I guess I was just meant to die in that particular situation at that particular date and time. And that's yeah, for the greater good. Do a, yeah, the genetic level that there are people, you know, that you know, crawled out of a cave and, and went hunting and people that stayed in the cave waiting for food to magically arrive. And you can imagine which gene pool is deeper. Um, it is a fascinating thing, this attitude that, well, if that's, 
if that's what's supposed to happen, that's what's supposed to happen. And I don't I don't understand that that line of thinking at all. I've actually heard the argument that is, well, even if even if I'm in the situation where a guy, you know, breaks in and starts shooting, the fact that we have laws against guns on campus, it's all for the greater good, you know. A few people might die here and there, but it's nothing compared to if we just allowed people to have guns, wow. they would all be shooting each other between classes. And so you know, three deaths are better than, and that's that's actually one of the, the lines of reasoning I've heard from some of these anti-gun people. They honestly think wow. that if you allowed guns, you would just have, you know, k- kids who are angry at each other for, you know, dumb reasons in the passing periods, just whip out their guns and start shooting. And that's not how, that's obviously not how it would go, but that's part of not being around guns and not understanding that. I know you can't even imagine this, but when I was in, uh, I graduated from high school in 1985, and it was very, very normal for me to roll up on my uh, motorcycle, and I would have a little, just a little simple 22 rifle on my back, and I would just lean that rifle up against my motorcycle and go to class. And after school, would go shoot rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that in the countryside around my home. Can you imagine that today at Canyon High School or New Braunfels High School? A guy rolling up with a rifle on his back. We yeah. just didn't think about it. There was no concept that. If you got mad at somebody, I mean, you might punch them in the face or something, but you weren't going to to shoot them. Uh, I think when you break it down philosophically, the way we've started to to just even argue about this has, I think, led to more of the gun violence. And uh, but you're right. I hear that line of reason that hey, there's going to be some of these incidents. We can't do anything about them, and the reality is, you can do something. You can't do something about it. I mean, the, the the thing that got this whole thing started in Texas way back when, uh, when that knucklehead rolled his truck through the the you know the, the big glass window at the Luby's and got out and cleaned and started shooting people. And there was a lady in there who was a police officer, and she's thinking, man, my gun is out in my car. And then she watched her parents get killed. And that's what started this modern iteration of. Um, and, and everyone said the same thing then, Eddie. They all said the same thing. It was going to be the, the, the cliche wild, wild west, people shooting folks down in the street every time they get caught up in traffic, and it really never came to fruition. Now, for your, for your fellow students that are um, supporting this, uh, what, what are they saying? Do most of them want to go ahead and get uh, a license to carry so when they're 21 they can, they can carry on campus? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Most of the people I know that support work gun rights, you know, we're actually kind of um, pretty mad that you have to even be 21. I don't, you know, I think from a constitutional basis, there's nothing that I think if you're an adult, you should be able to have a you know, concealed handgun license. But aside that, yeah, a lot of a lot of the people are saying, yeah, we're going to go get concealed handgun license or whatever LTC, like you said, license to carry. Um, as soon as we turn 21 and we're going to do the training and so I think this this rule is this, this new law is definitely um, is going to increase the amount of people that are carrying guns, mm-hmm. which I think is good. I, I too did not care for the age requirement. I mean, if you, I joined the army after high school, so when I got to college, I was over the age of 21, and then after the Gulf War, was even older. I was actually considered a very old person when I went to to college because I was 23, 24 years old when I was a freshman and a sophomore. Uh, but I agree with you on that. I think that's a bad part of the law. And you know, I think if you're, you know, you're an adult when you're 18, um, constitutionally you can vote, and I think that makes you, um, you know, a legitimate adult. So I totally agree with you on that. Hey, Eddie, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. 
Um, this is uh, one of the tricky things with internet radio. My um, my MacBook just made a real weird looking thing on the screen, and then everything went away. But okay, you can still hear me, so we're fine. That just scared the bejesus out of me. But you said you can still hear me, okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right, good. Now, I, I, just to be safe, I use the uh, I use my phone on this particular show, uh, just in case we have some of those issues. Um, but I do think it's possible that the um, the feed was lost online. Well, hey, listen, man, I'm very, very interested to see how this how this works out. Um, here, we're back. Oh, man, Eddie, Internet Radio, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, so we're good. Um, this is just kind of a fun question because I'm interested in this kind of thing. But when you think about the possibility of carrying when you're 21, maybe on the main campus at Texas A&M, um, do you have a favorite handgun? Is there is there one that you think you'd like to use? Uh, well, I'm. I don't really know a whole lot about uh, handguns yet. I definitely like the uh, the Beretta. I like Berettas. Um, I'm sure you know about the Beretta 92. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. The and that's one of my favorite I handguns. Your, I, I shot your dad. Uh, I shot your dad yeah. right there, by the way, at the air-conditioned indoor firing range in the Quincy Gun Club not long ago. It had been a long, long time since I fired uh, a Beretta. Nine millimeter, and it is now. I, I, well, you're a big guy, so it probably wouldn't be uh, an issue for you. But I would have found that particular um, handgun a little big for my liking. The one I use is a, just a little Taurus nine millimeter, but man, it, you can't even see it. I mean, it's it just lays right up against uh, my hip, and there's just there's, it doesn't even get in the way. Sometimes I even forget it's there, but. Um, no, that's interesting. Yeah, the Beretta is a great, great uh, weapon. And um, we had a, our our range master, Nick Cart, was on talking about how, um, you know, 9mm got a lot of bad press for a while there, but it's kind of coming back. Now, um, there's a Sig Sauer uh, that a lot of people carry. It's very, very small. I mean, you can literally put it in your front jeans pocket, and no one will ever know it's there. Um, I, I told you on Facebook, half joking, half serious, that I would recommend you get your license to carry this summer and then exhibit some civil disobedience by just carrying before you're 21. Yeah. I don't really, really want you to do that because then your parents would be mad at me if you got in trouble. But what about the professors? Have you had any professors that have just kind of been adamant about they don't want to see this happen? Uh, I haven't had actually had any professors. Um, my English professor last semester, uh, because when this this was when this first became an issue, she actually had us write a um, write a paper on it and what our opinion was and I'm fairly certain she herself was 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 anti-gun but she didn't she didn't uh have that in the classroom and she had all you know everybody stood up said their opinion and then that was that she didn't you know she didn't come and tell us what we should think she allowed us to sort of have a discussion about it and so that was kind of cool even you know she was able to set her personal opinion aside well, believe it or not, um, college campuses used to be a place for a wide range of opinions, <laughs> but apparently in some colleges around the country, that's not the case anymore. You can say certain things, yeah. but you can't say other things, which is why I'm glad that you're you're interested in going into the law. We need more young people like you that r- respect the, uh, the, the freedoms that were supposed to accrue to us. The, the, the Constitution, folks, is actually supposed to limit the rights of the government, not the rights of the people, and a lot of people don't really understand that tremendous, again, philosophical divide, uh, which is what we typically argue about in this country every two, six, and four years. 
at election time. Well, listen, man, I'm excited to hear that you're going out to the main campus in College Station. My sister graduated from Texas A&M, and you're right, it is a very, very tight-knit community with you and, what, 70,000 of your closest friends at the College Station uh, campus. Um, I did notice this on that interactive map. You still can't carry to sporting events. Is that your understanding of the law? That is that is my understanding. I think that's the correct. I think that is the right what they're saying. I don't know. I don't think that's the right decision. Obviously, I think sporting events are I one of the places either. where it might actually be target. You know, a sporting event might be one of the crowded venues that might actually be targeted. So, and I don't. I've not been to a game at Texas A and M. But when you and then you can maybe you have or you've been to one at your sister's uh, when she was at UT. When you when you go to the games, they don't. They don't really check you, do they? I mean, there's not metal detectors. I think they might check the ladies' purses and stuff like that. Is, is do you know? Do they even check? Yeah, I went to a U, the UT football game, and we they they have so many people going through security, you know, all at once because the the they basically you walk through a metal detector, and even if the metal detector goes off, I know it went off for me because of my phone or because of whatever. They basically <laughs> just they basically just call you over to the side if it goes off. They look they kind of just you know, do like a little hand motion through your bag and then say, okay, whatever, go on. They'd, the security yeah. was very relaxed. and Yeah, so yeah I agree. I, I think those are absolute prime targets for the bad guys. I really do. And I'm just waiting. Every Saturday I'm holding my breath, hoping that something bad doesn't happen, or even at a basketball game where there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Um, I, I think these, these knuckleheads are getting more and more um, clever, I think they are just kind of probing here and there to see how law enforcement responds, and uh, which is why the name of the show is what it is, The Vigilant American, Stay Vigilant. And um, I hope you do get your license to carry, and when you're 21, um, that you take it upon yourself to protect yourself. And uh, I, I think that's a great attitude to have, and I really do. I know you're a college student. You probably got better things you could be doing on a Saturday morning, but I really do appreciate you taking some time out to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome. Edward Newland, everybody. Hey, folks, with three minutes to go, um, it is it is a fascinating thing. Now, I think from a development standpoint, we are evolving uh, our attitudes about guns. And I mean, like I said, like I said many times on the show, I'm just so sick and tired of the chronology. Uh, I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point it's not even a big deal anymore. It's not even a big deal anymore when these things happen. Uh, we get the two days of news coverage from CNN. Um, they show the little candlelight vigil, and they, they, you know, they show the little slow Ken Burns effects of the police officers walking around with their shotguns and handguns and the, the crime scene tape and the people hugging. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that chronology. I don't want my, my, the people I care about to be a part of that chronology. I want them to be prepared and vigilant and trained and you know, you heard Nick talk about this, Nick Carter, a few weeks back, that a lot of citizens that buy a handgun and routinely go to the range and practice with it have more experience firing that handgun than some law enforcement folks. Um, we, we, are, we are meant to protect ourselves, I believe. I think the first line of defense for anybody is themselves. And so I think at least this is progress. There are some issues about this law that don't make any sense. You heard um, Eddie talking about it. What are you supposed to do? Leave your gun out in the bushes and after class everyone runs to the hedge? Hey, that's mine. That's yours. Here you go. That's, that's just silly. There's a long state of text which should apply to every part of the state of Texas, not uh, little uh, professors at, at UT in Austin that don't want guns in their offices, or if you have a gun, you have to sit in the back of the classroom. That's just that's just silly. Uh, but hey, that's 
That's our democracy, our representative republic in action. Hey, folks, don't forget, if you haven't been, go to the McQueenie Gun Club. You got questions about classes, membership, and stuff like that, get on the Facebook page, like us on Facebook, and don't forget to get out there. If, you, if you've ever wanted the kind of shotgun that you will just hand down uh, for generations and it will be just a thing of beauty, check out uh, the Benelli shotguns that we have over at the McQueenie Gun Club. It looks like we're going to get a lot of rain here over the next few days. So if you're looking for something to do indoors, as I always say, I find shooting very relaxing. I enjoy it just as a sport. And um, you're just shooting the targets. I think it's just it's just a relaxing thing to do. And um, if you can't be outside or maybe your uh, kiddos' soccer and baseball games get canceled over the next few days because of because of the rain, hey, it's a great time to introduce them to responsible gun ownership. And um, last time I was at the McQueenie Gun Club, there was a gentleman there with his two kids. They couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old. Um, and he was just you know, showing them how to do things, and I think that's great. I think it's absolutely great, philosophically um, infusing them with the respect for handguns. Hey, folks, this is the Vigilant American. My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Ever the ever the and that's all, folks.